With me for today for this interview episode, I have Tracy, who is a life coach. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the relationship we have with food and how it can stop you from reaching your goals, from feeling your best, how truly important it is to have a healthy mindset, to be able to manage your mind, to be able to live a healthy lifestyle. Really looking forward to this episode and interviewing and getting to know her. So listen in, it's going to be a good one. Hey there. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So what time is it there? I see you're in the U.S. Yes, it is 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Okay, we're not too bad off. It's just 8 p.m. here. So I like to record right off the bat. I did give you a quick intro, and I just want to be able to use this opportunity to get to know you, to learn from you, and to share with my audience, too, how our relationship with food can stop us, and it can really hurt our healthy lifestyle and, you know, and to be able to sustain it too, when your mindset is the one who you're still letting on this negative loop. Yeah. Right. So first, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, who you help? um, And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So my clientele tends to be women, typically probably a little closer to middle age. Um, most of the time they come to me because they think that their weight is the biggest problem in their life. Um, what they find is that they're thinking about their weight. If that is the biggest problem, um, is really, you know, what they're struggling with. That's what they need to overcome is the thinking about that circumstance. And once I show them how to, what I call solve the mind math, it's really kind of the framework of managing your thoughts and your emotions to get the result that you want, whether that's overcoming something or that's creating something. Then I teach them how to apply that to other things in their life. Um, so I don't only work with people who want to lose weight. Um, I work with people who want to create um, professional growth, but I would say the majority of the people that come through my door come through wanting to better themselves on more of a personal um, level. And I am a huge fan of metabolic science. So I teach them what I call the science and the math. So I teach them how their, um, mind really creates every result in their life. And then I teach them, you know, what are the actionables to make weight loss a byproduct? Like I am all about metabolic health, which the byproduct of that can be weight loss. And, um, for those people who are wanting professional growth, I think that's a byproduct of mental health. So I'm a huge, um, it's a wide audience, but this is why I knew this interview was going to be so great. And I can tell already because I really like your perspective on it as it's, I can see where mine is and it's just worded a little bit differently. So I help women, similar audience to achieve like sustainable weight loss, Mm -hmm. right. To get to that stage. And, and what I've noticed is yes, it's first their mindset that they're doing right. But the biggest thing is our approach to it. Yeah. Right. That's that one key step. But I also like to teach people also the, 
the knowledge of it too, because I'm like, you shouldn't need me forever. You know, you shouldn't yeah. need a, yeah. a coach all the time. You should understand how to build your own training program to, you know, why you have to eat this much protein, not, you know, so that way, cause that's yeah. also one of those key steps to be able to maintain the lifestyle, right? right? Yep. Understanding why you're doing it. Yes. And, this, and that's why I think mindset is so, so crucial in the maintaining process because we, we were trapped in like these diets that are like temporary fixes and super mm. extremes, right? And nobody yeah. likes it. Nobody enjoys it. Right. And it's, it's not a way of your life. It's not a actual lifestyle change that you're enjoying that yes, can be hard at times, right. but you're able to stick to it. Yeah. Right. right. It, it's really difficult to stick to something if you're hungry all the time or right. Or if you're doing an extreme that makes you unhealthier in an attempt to lose weight. So have you experienced a lot of women in terms of like, you know, sometimes we get confused about you were saying with regards to like the lifestyle change and the weight loss piece also about like what we need to do to yeah. actually become healthier. Yeah. So the mental health component, like this is the mind math formula that I teach people how to use. So this teaches them how to self coach. So it shows them exactly how they've created the experience that they're now having. And if you, and that's a, through an unintentional thought process. And then I teach them basically how to reverse architect that, how to be intentional to create what it is that they want. And so ultimately what this stands for is your thoughts about any given circumstance. It could be your weight. It could be your bank account, your thoughts about that circumstance makes you feel something. So the T is thoughts makes you feel something. It's a vibration. It's an emotion that runs through your body, which has you reacting. Those reactions or actions are accumulative. What creates your result. So whether that's being overweight, whether that's yo-yo dieting, whether that is losing weight, whether that's stalling out, whatever it is, it's being, it's being created from your reactions, but that's not the problem. The root problem, the root cause is the way you're feeling because of what it is that you are believing and it's all unintentional. So it's not necessarily your fault. It's unintentionally happening, but I teach that framework so that they become aware. So right. that they it's like, they go backwards to do the work, to figure out yes. the root cause. Yeah. So that's what creates more of a sustainable approach. Um, when you can make sense of how you've gotten to where you're at. So yeah, you're right. We totally align. Yeah. And I think of the same thing with that crucial step piece that I feel so many people make the mistake of is they go from that zero to 100, that thinking they need to change everything all at once. Right. right? And it hurts us so much more than it helps us. And that's yeah. why the, one of the key steps I take with regards to changing your nutrition is, is not actually making any changes, but just logging your food and learning. I mean, how do you expect a meal plan or anybody else to tell you where you should make your changes. If, if you have no idea what changes need to even be made. Right. 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 Yep, exactly. Yeah. We, um, I talk a lot about the four basics of 
um, creating any sort of change. But if we were going to context it around weight loss, the four basics that you have to understand, and it has to be in this order, is solving the mind math, understanding that whole framework, really buying into it, believing that that is the way that you're creating your results. And so that takes some time. It's not like um, you would you would see by your reactions of which would end up in like self sabotaging is if you started fasting for you know forty eight hours and that you started eliminating sugar and flour when you are eating and then you were you know blah 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 all these things all at one time that's a reaction from probably fear based you know coming from a thought and so I would show them that the S of our four basics solving the mind math is what you have to fundamentally understand before you go on to eating the foods that fuel you, which is our second. Our third is learning to collect data so that you make your decisions from data, not drama. And then finally, fasting to balance out your insulin so that you can become metabolically fit. So those are our four basics. But yeah, it's, it is a stair-stepped approach. It can't be like all of it all at one time. It's just overload. And that is a self-sabotaging you know, I would say that's a self-sabotaging tactic that most people fall prey to. Yeah. Because again, we feel like if we're not that perfect, then we won't get the results and we won't, you know, it won't be worth it as such. Right. right? Whereas like, if you're gradually approaching it, then you don't necessarily feel overwhelmed. You don't feel like you want to give up after the first week, right? It's, it's realistic for you to to sit in and, you know, there is mistakes that you're making, but I love how you're talking about just that thought because you can make progress in so much of that simple action, right? But it, it's often messy action. It's often us, you know, not feeling like it some days and getting there and only doing 20 minutes for a workout instead of your 60 that you would have liked, yep. right? That's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I think collecting data is a big part of the secret to success. And so many people are afraid to look at the data, you know, and recognizing that data is just facts. Data. And it's same as the scale. It should be just data. And the, you're so right because we do fear looking at it. But if you were looking at it, it could actually help you rather than hurt you in what you're thinking, right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons that we're so scared to get on the scale. It's your fear that it's going to be up, but it could be down and that could motivate you to have a really great day and keep going or- yeah right? Like looking, yeah. I have my, my clients and my program is called beyond the scale. So I like to celebrate beyond the scale wins. Yeah. Yeah. And even for myself, it's sometimes when you're in that tunnel vision and you're working hard, you are making mistakes, you're beating yourself up along the way. If you just like pause and look at your data, look at what the weight on the scale says, or look back at what your initial beyond the school scale goals were, yeah. You'll surprise yourself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For the first, I'm I'm getting married in November. So I'm working on a little of a, a push couple weeks, right? And I'm kind of measuring my data a little extra. So 
the first couple of weeks, I was definitely making progress. I was having more consistency. I was feeling better. Everything felt good, but the scale, it said pretty much the same thing. So I looked back and I was like, you know what? Like I have actually done four out of my five beyond the scale goals that I've already accomplished. So, you know, if we're only looking at one piece or we're always beating ourselves up about, right, not looking at it and saying it's something else, yeah. it's, it can hurt us so much more than it could, it could actually be helping us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. after yeah. those couple of weeks, I felt discouraged, right. I was doing well, I was given more effort. And I looked back and I was like, you know, from a one piece of data perspective, I'm failing, but the other data piece, like I'm doing really great. And that boosted me rather than beat me up. Yep. And what can you learn from you know, from that stall, right? There's probably something to take away from that. Like, okay, well, my body needs this time to recalibrate. And so the next time that I go into a weight loss effort, this should be more of an expectation and it, and not take me by surprise. Right. And so then there are ways that you can get value from something that you may have deemed a fail. I always say double down on that. Like, you might not have gotten the value that you expected right now, here and now, but you can actually double down on that by asking yourself, like, what did I learn from it? What is it going to create for me, you know, down the road? Well, it's not going to catch me off guard because now I know that my body needs that time to recal recalibrate or maybe the workouts created more muscle or maybe, you know, from the, um, the strength training that I was doing, I was retaining water. Like it, it could be a no, whole lot. I love, love exactly where you input it because it was exactly that. And I was doing great with my workouts. I was doing a little bit extra here, but it also made me recognize, okay, there's a change that needs to be made. There is a stall here that is happening. Right. Yeah. And I did make different changes in my nutrition since. And you know, still making progress further, but it was so crucial and key for me to make that check in with myself because sometimes you got to pivot, right? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's not right. a beat yourself up and stay there. I yeah. do one thing I like to do is like tell my clients, like if you are having one of those days where you're like so unmotivated, you know, you are sick, maybe for example, or you worked really long hours or whatever, like lower your expectations a little bit, because if you are, were in a situation right now where you'd be, give, be giving up, you would definitely not do anything. You would go get takeout, like anything that you do more than that, or give a little effort to is going to result in you making progress. Yeah. And then that gives you something to celebrate, which then puts you in a different frame of mind, like celebrating any size win you know, so you've just had this super long day or you're not feeling good or whatever, but yet you still did some sort of minimum baseline activity, which is, it's worth celebrating that. Like exactly. that puts you in a different frame of mind versus beating yourself up and, and recognizing if you follow kind of the mind math, what kind of result you're going to get from that. So yeah, I think great, great advice that you give your clients. It's, it's almost like, because if we're in that little mental block where we're beating ourselves up and we're not moving forward, it's, it's not just about that workout in itself. And sometimes we do get a little bit confused by that, right? We think, mm -hmm. oh, it's, I 
what's the point if it's only 20 minutes, right? It's, you know, 20 minutes isn't just about those 20 minutes that you're doing it. It's, you're going to feel more likely to choose the healthy option. You're going to sleep better. That's going to ripple into your next day. And it's not actually about the weight loss. It's not about getting that result and being perfect. It's you'll feel better, right? Right. You'll sleep better. You're the next couple choices all feel easier for you. Not like you're putting yourself through the harder, harder option, which again, going back to that starting thing, when we go from zero to a hundred, we make it harder for ourselves when we're thinking we're going to speed it up. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Total self-sabotage. We think that it has to be hard in order to hit our goal. It has to be hard. And therefore our brain wants to be right. So guess what? We make it hard and inevitably it becomes the self-sabotaging move because then we eventually throw in the towel because it's not sustainable. So the hard led us to quitting, which doesn't get us to the goal that we want. And so if you catch yourself in that kind of mentality, you have to have awareness around, you know what, this is what I've always done. That didn't work. We're going to try something new this time. So I would say that's another key to success is evaluating what worked, what didn't work, and what am I going to do different? And you can look at your weight loss efforts as a whole and do that. What worked in the past? What didn't work in the past? What am I going to do different? Well, jumping in with both feet and saying, you know, I'm going to go into this huge long fast and I'm going to, you know, work out seven days a week. That didn't work. And therefore it's not going to be something that I'm going to repeat this time. What can I do different? And I think, you know, finding those smaller wins to pat yourself on the back for, you know, recognize celebrating the, the beyond the scale wins is hugely, hugely important. Yes. And also with regards to, um, but like if you change everything all at once, how are you, what are you going to do in six weeks time? What are you going to do in four weeks time? you got to give yourself that wiggle room to continue to make progress. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you can start to kind of revel in the ease of it all when you actually give yourself time to kind of acclimate to it and just kind of baby step your way in, you could start to practice the thought, this is actually easy, right? Versus this has to be hard. And so, yeah, I, I love it for a lot of different reasons, but having an awareness of that's what you've always done. And and there you go. That was my train of thought. Like anything that you have, if that's always, and back to my example as, as well, with regards to like me checking in with myself, I, did need to make the change biggest in my nutrition because I was always doing what I had done, just tweaking it a little bit, right? Where I need to make a more drastic change. And I had that fear, right? And we can also put this in, like, I know that you're more of the lifestyle coaching and the life coaching. And I love that too. And it's something I'm definitely been leaning more into because you can put that formula, you can put these habits that you're doing on all the pieces of your life, right? Yep. We expect, you know, things, tasks that we need to do to be really hard. So we put them off and procrastinate them and make them harder than to do later. Yeah. Checking in with yourself, I think is a really great, um, 
best practice because you can quickly come up with the stories that you tell yourself, the stories that you've lived your life from, no matter what the result is that you're either trying to get or that you're trying to change, you are operating from a story. Now, is that story working for you or is it working against you? And I think checking in with yourself is like a best practice that will reveal those stories, but you got to, you have to have the wherewithal to even ask you yourself the question. Yeah. Why do I think it needs to be hard? I've always thought it needs to be hard. Okay. Well, in what ways can I create an easy protocol, an easy weight loss program for myself? You know, what ways is this actually going to be enjoyable, right? It's like, you have to start to poke holes in that old story and ask yourself, you know, why am I holding on to that story? Is that a message that I was indirectly or directly delivered at, you know, at a young age where maybe I didn't know to question it. Maybe it came from authority. Maybe it came from my doctor, you know, questioning all of those things. And that all goes, I think, under that same umbrella of checking in with yourself. Right. And a lot of us need to dial and consider maybe that we have that fear of being perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, we're really just scared to make lessons and, you know, find out the hard way. I am helping women and I want to continue because I've figured out what doesn't work and I've done it right. But you still need to figure out for yourself those scenarios too, right? Instead of feeling like you have to get it right every single time, you, you, you need to figure out what doesn't work for you just as much as it'll allow you then to figure out what does. Yep. Amen. I couldn't agree more. That's why I really feel like that the mindset part of it is so important. I say, have a progress over perfection mindset for you to be able to continue this and have a sustainable approach on health, just being healthy and yes, losing the weight, but keeping it off, right? And maintaining that healthy lifestyle. You have to continuously practice Mm -hmm. multiple actions, whether it is your nutrition, whether it is going to bed earlier, getting a workout in that you didn't feel that, you know, anything is better than nothing and that you can still create progress. You definitely don't ever have to be perfect and put that expectation too high. Yeah. And if you know that you're somebody that, you know, has that perfectionistic type mentality, try on the thought of what does it look like to do this in an imperfect way? You know, ask yourself that question because then every time your brain wants to say, oh, you did that wrong, or I might've tracked my food five out of the seven days, but I missed two days. Well, if we're really going for, you know, trying to do this in an imperfect way, mission accomplished. Like we just perfectly did it in an imperfect way. And if that is the standard, that will get you so much more traction than trying Um, to do perfectly. Right. Cause you're then cheering yourself on. And I love hearing your perspective of it. Cause all I'm thinking about is exactly that. Like I have a tracker for the clients. I'm like, you know what? Like use this because it shows you that you're beating yourself up because you didn't track for the last couple of days, but you tracked one extra day than you did last week. Like that is progress. And that's to be celebrated rather than 
us stay in, you know, our tunnel vision or our, our negative loops of beating ourselves up because we're not being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Being um, perfectly imperfect, imperfect, I think is like the best place to be. And so anytime that I find my, you know, I call it my primitive, my prodigy brain, it's like your survival brain. That's always on default. It's wanting to keep you safe. It often gives you kind of fear-based thinking, like Anytime that sneaks in and starts to offer me thoughts that make me feel defeated, or I start to, you know, fall into some self self-loathing tendencies, I just have to remind myself, this is me being imperfect, right? And I haven't lost sight of what the goal is. I just am imperfect. And that gives you some grace and it kind of gets you right back on it. It's like, it's, tripping the trigger of your prodigy brain and just starting to kind of question, well, what would it look like if I did this imperfectly? Like, and that starts to change the way you feel. Therefore you will show up and you will start behaving differently. A hundred percent. I love that. And I like even giving, like, give yourself ranges for things like, for example, your workout plan, like there's going to be weeks where you're busier. You're not going to get the same amount of workouts in every single week, perfectly majority of us. Right. So why not give yourself like a range of like, okay, I'm going to set a standard of myself that realistically I can get three workouts in every single week. But if I'm having a week that it's a bit more, you know, slower, or I'm not working as much, or you can get four in amazing. You're going to pat yourself on the back. Like that's extra, but it's kind of setting that standard enough to keep you consistent, right. With again, causing your pressure of like, I have to work out every day and that's not sustainable and that's not necessary. And it's, it's, it's again, you're not going to be able to stick to that reasonably. So at least if you have that some sort of range and you can kind of go with it. Yeah. Same thing with your weight. And when you are picking an ideal weight, instead of giving yourself like that one number, give yourself a range. Like our body isn't meant to stay the exact same weight day in and day out. There are so many variables. And so if we're setting ourselves up for that beat down, if we tell ourselves that this is the weight we have to be. So giving yourself a range in that case works really well too. Yes. I love that perspective of it as well. Cause I, I think I forget that myself cause I'm already doing it in my head, but you're right. So many of us feel like, okay, it's, or we, maybe not the numbers specifically, we say below that number too, mm-hmm. right? right? We're a little guilty for that too, but it's still, it, you, you got to detach from the number to be able to have that healthy relationship with food. Because yeah. if you're you have more energy than you've ever had in your life. If you're able to exercise consistently more and enjoy it most of the time, you know, on a regular basis and you feel healthy and you feel good and you feel confident, like who cares what the number feels, you know, it's. Yeah. And your cognitive like ability, if you're way more sharp, Um, you're thinking more clearly, your moods are more stable, like that translates into everything that's going to translate into your professional life. That's going to translate into your relationships. I would argue that is far more valuable than what a number on a scale says. Exactly. Or what you look like at all. Like if you feel good and you're mentally, and that's what 
you that's why you when you have to dial it back to relationship with food and again the maintaining and the sustaining the weight loss i think it's very very important i guess that's why i called my program beyond the scale to to yes detach from that number and change it because if you you still need a direction you still need a goal that you're working towards but i like to call it your why reason instead yeah. your real why reason for actually wanting to lose that yeah. weight right is it because you can't keep up with your kids is it because you don't feel comfortable in your body? You aren't exercising or feeling good anymore? Like, how is your mental health? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how is it actually affecting your daily life? And how can you use that to motivate you? Because there are hard days. There are all days when we don't feel motivated. We don't want to keep going or the takeout looks totally tastier than, you know, the yeah. healthy meal that you had to cook. But if you're motivated on the fact that you want to feel better and you want to become a healthier version of yourself over you want to look this way or be that certain number, you're way more likely to to give yourself like that positive reinforcement to keep going on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it is lowering my risk of like chronic diseases, chronic illnesses. Um, That like absolutely locks me in when I, when I recognize that as being my true reason why versus a number on a scale, so many things go by the wayside, like the cookies that smell good baking in the kitchen. It's like all of the sudden when I can really like tether myself to my reason why I don't have the thoughts like this isn't fair or I want those because what I really want is to avoid Alzheimer's, right? And so it's so important that you have a why that is bigger than just vanity reasons, I think. So I, yeah, I love that point. It is true. And it's not that you can't have that cookie sometimes, but save it for a special occasion. It doesn't need to be every day because that's when that happens. And one thing I also love about it, and I'm sure you love as well with regards to the fasting windows is when you're eating good foods, you don't crave it all the time. You don't feel hungry all the time, right? right? You feel good eating that food and it got, it got easier. Like once you progressively approach it and eventually, yes, the workouts don't feel as hard as often. Right. right. But I like to use the example. It's a bit extreme too, but like getting out of bed early in the morning to do a workout. I'm sorry. A number on the scale is not going to motivate you to do it. If you're not a morning person, right. right. It's the feeling that happens after that workout. Yes. Like I a hundred percent workout, workout and exercise for my mental health. It makes my mental health feel so much better. It gives me more energy. I'm then able to show up for my kids better that's my key motivator to stay consistent with my workouts. But yes, I'm also type one diabetic. So nutritionally, I need to manage that. And that is my motivator. And again, the feeling that comes from when I eat good and, you know, how exercise and getting to the gym is easier when you're eating good and you're, you know, motivating yourself and you have that healthy mindset too. Right. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, those are the foundational elements that are often overlooked. Um, 
you know, having that strong why is so ultra important. Um, and if you haven't had that in the past, if you are somebody who's listening and has not declared a reason why that's bigger than just, you know, the number on the scale, I would encourage you to recognize that this is the time that you do something different and And write it down, remind yourself what it really is, right? You can still set that weight loss goal range, you know, of course, like use it as data. If you're at a certain weight, that's unhealthy, you know, be honest with that. And okay, I'm going to have some sort of goal to work towards. But again, you have to be motivated on the fact that you're doing it because you want to improve your health. You do want to feel better every single day and not be slowed down. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. You know, wanting to feel better, you know, that getting out of bed (laughs) to go do an early morning workout, isn't going to feel good in that moment. But if you can tether yourself to the feeling, the after feeling, if that is so clear to you. Um, and that's worth tethering yourself to. I do that a lot with like, if I'm doing an arm workout, I sit and tell myself like every time that I am lifting the weight, I tell myself like, God, this feels so good. I say that over and over and over. And I'm not, you know, just feeding myself a load of crap. Like it really does feel good, but I'm actually saying that in my mind over and over because I'm just like, I'm really strengthening that belief versus, I mean, cause think about how many times have we laid in bed going, I really don't want to get up this morning. Right. So we have to replace that way with the, this feels so good. So I love the fact that you brought that up as well. I love your perspective on it too. I think our, and I, I do teach this as well to my clients, like how important it is to have that mind muscle connection and really truly like think about what you're doing, what muscles you're working, because it's not just about the fact that you're thinking about it. It's you're concentrating and you're going to get more bang for your buck out of your exercises. You'll feel sore. You'll enjoy it as you'll start to feel the muscles you want to be working actually working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in working on the fact that yes, it should be a reinforced thought because it is our negativity that often associates it. If we go into the workout thinking this is going to suck, I'm going to hate it. It's going to be terrible. And it's going to be really hard. It's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to feel really long. But Uh, if you're like, you know what? I, got to go do this workout. I'm going to put my favorite music on. I'm going to make the most of it. You'll, you can enjoy it. Not everyone, but you know, it, it begins to enjoy it because just because of that simple switch of your perspective on that workout. Yeah. Right. It it sometimes requires us to like lower our expectations a little bit, right? Sometimes I find it still hard to get out for a run but I have to like lower my expectations of it's not going to be my best run ever. It's not going to be this many kilometers. Maybe it's just, okay, I'm going to go out and do the first kilometer. And then once you've gotten that hard part done, once I've woke up and I get past the putting my clothes on, it feels a bit easier and you'll be able to maybe do an extra kilometer or, you know, have a good workout when you felt like you didn't work on that one. The kind of the mind hack, for that, for something like that is, can I just, can I just 
put both feet on the floor. Like if you're having this little mental argument with yourself laying in bed, can I just get both feet on the floor? Can I just put on my workout clothes? Can I just walk out the door? Can I just get in one kilometer? Like, can I just becomes your best friend? Because that's it does that take. lowering for you. Yes. Yes. It's minimum baseline instead of that self-sabotaging all in, I'm going to go out and run, you know, 15 kilometers. Like it's no, I'm, can I just, and it's minimum baseline and you work your way up to that. So I know somebody who was really struggling with working out and her, um, workout room was downstairs on the second level. And she started off like we were, what's your minimum baseline activity? And she's like, well, probably walking downstairs into the room and touching the treadmill. Can you just do that for the first day? Just walk downstairs and touch the treadmill and turn around and walk away. And she's like, I probably could do that. Cause she kept saying, I can't even get myself to the room. Right. So can you just get yourself to the room? So she makes that commitment with herself and she fulfills it. It's not the fact that she did something silly, like touching the treadmill. It's no. the fact that she made the commitment. And she stuck to it. Now she's got that evidence to start building from now tomorrow. It's, can I just, you know, put my feet on the ground, get dressed, go down, touch the treadmill, turn it on and walk for five minutes. Right. I love that. That is incredible. Credible perspective. And teaching something, and I'm still a practice of this myself, right? I'm still not perfect in any sense, but I'm trying to keep up on these thoughts that I am doing with that, with regards to, you know, okay, I'm telling myself this is what's happening, or I can't do this. And it, yes, it feels hard. Yes, it feels impossible. But the only person that's limiting myself is me when I'm doing those thoughts. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The key is noticing them. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the biggest, most impactful step in the right direction is noticing what it is that you're thinking. Like everything beyond that becomes so easy, but sometimes noticing what it is that you're thinking and how that thought is making you feel that is often the hardest step. So, right. It's like the hardest step of getting up to do the workout or getting to the gym. Those are the hardest steps. And, but once you're able to do that step, it gets easier. Yep. Exactly. Right. The reaction, the action that you're trying to make to get this progress becomes more possible. Yes. Right. I love how much we went off track. This is exactly what I love to do. (laughs) No, but it's it's good because it's, yes, of course it's our mindset, but it's just how we, you know, how we're approaching where we're at right now, because we all have different starting points and different directions that we want to go with our health, with our relationship with food, with our freaking life. I, right. Like the goal is life is busy. There's always stuff getting added in yeah. the purpose. And the reason that should be motivating you to become the healthiest, fittest version of yourself is so that we can keep up with yeah. the busy daily life that we all have you know, you should want to be able to tackle it better, to feel like you're in control, to not feel tired all the time. Right. And I would say the takeaway is that you have a choice. You 
always have a choice in the way that you're thinking. You're either thinking unintentionally or you're thinking intentionally. With the awareness, when you notice that unintentional thinking, you have a choice. You have a choice to kind of poke holes in it. You have a choice to think something different. You have a choice in what you're feeling. You have a choice in whether you react or you respond. Therefore, you have a choice in what it is that you're creating for your life. And so the takeaway, the most empowering feeling is the fact that you do have control. Through choice, you do retain that control. The minute you start abdicating responsibility and saying it's because of this or that or this person, you know, you know, placing blame is the minute that you lose all your controls. You want to retain control. And through the realization that it's all a choice, you retain that control and it changes everything. It makes you feel like that fear of, there is no solution. There is yeah. no plan that works for me. It hasn't worked for me. You know, it yeah, changes it. it. Yeah. It changes that possibility, which then can allow you to, to take that first step, yes. right. And not be scared of the fact that it might go wrong or you might learn. Cause you can still learn from that. Right. Yep. Still pause. You can pivot and take another direction afterwards if needed. Yep. And how do you, yeah. Any sort of you know, any sort of shortcoming, any sort of quote unquote fail, you can 10X that value every time. You just ask yourself, what is it that I learned? What is it that I can do different? What is it that I can replicate, right? That's how you 10X the value of any fail. I would argue that some fails are far more valuable than the achievement. I mean, that will blow your mind, but that is so true. That's so true. It is because a lot of the time, those are the, it's anytime we're outside our comfort zone, right? Then mm -hmm. that creates a change that you didn't even see coming, but it's a good change that you didn't see coming, yeah. right? Absolutely. Okay. What is the best advice before we can finish off um, that you would give somebody who is getting stuck in their mindset right now, who is in that loop of like, you know, I've, you know, I've always had a, uh, struggled with food or I've always struggled with my weight or I've never been healthy and they're in that loop. Yeah. What is your best advice to somebody in that state right now so that they can do their very best to keep making progress and work on that thought? Yeah. Well, okay. So all they're doing is they are buying into that thought. Like it's the truth. And that thought is coming from your primitive brain. It's just fear-based thinking. So the solution is to question it. And I would say the most simple question that you could be asking yourself is, what if that wasn't true? What if that wasn't true? Because you've lived majority of your life believing that story. You've probably never questioned that story. And that will stop it dead in its tracks. What if that wasn't true? And make your brain answer it. Your brain might say, but it is. And I, no, you do not take that as the answer. If you had to answer that question, if it wasn't true, then what would you be thinking and feeling and doing? And what would you be creating for yourself? Like, I think it's like the best game plan for anybody who is so convicted 
by the limiting thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, that especially feel defeated. Especially the ones that have been with us for years and many years. And this is what a strong belief we have in. It's not something that is that quick fix that is just simply switched off, but a practice of it and, and repeating that to yourself with time and with actions, right? Imperfect actions and focusing on the fact that you're working on a direction rather than a specific goal, because you know, that specific goal that you think you need to work towards, it may not actually look like that at all. It could look totally different, but that could be a really good thing for you. Yeah. Right. But you got to take those steps, those actions, at least aim for it, work towards it to figure out and to make that progress, that change for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What if that wasn't true? And then just notice how you'll feel different and you will take action that will look different than the action that you've always done. And if that's imperfect, that's perfect. (laughs) That's exactly what you want. But if it wasn't true, thank you so much, Tracy, for your time, for the incredible conversation that we had. I think that we hit a lot of pain points that we've experienced for ourselves and we've so many of our clients have experienced too. Um, can you share with us? I'm going to include it below in the show notes. Like if my audience wanted to learn more about you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah. So they could just go to my website. It's selfmadeyou.com. So selfmade you is the name of my company. So S E L F dash M A D E. And then it's the letter you.com. We have all sorts of free resources on there, including the mind math formula that I kind of walked through tonight. So yeah, that's where I would send anybody who wants to learn more. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. And I enjoyed this episode and recording it and speaking with you. And I love in these episodes to just have a conversation with you, get to know you a little bit, but I always talk about what's true and on my heart as well, right? In struggles that I'm still experiencing just so that I've the audience feels real too, right? Because we all are imperfect. We all are at different stages and hard stages and working through different parts of our, our healthy, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Perfect. I love the way that you do this. Thank uh, you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Tracy.